podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Brand new season, brand new dawn for Formula One. It's the Bahrain Grand Prix. And it's lights out and away we go. We off the green, green, green. This for my kid, I am your host, Mahad, and we're here to review the 2022 Formula One season. Uh, I'm joined by Anik. Anik, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm good, Mahad. How are you doing? You all right? I'm all good, man. That was a long season, but Formula One's now gone, and now we're wanting it to come back already. We've got a long way. Bro, I'm missing it. I'm missing, missing it already. Got, you got four more months, mate, until the next race. So, got to hang tight, but we're going to still provide the content to the people, you get me? I need to wake up every day thinking of new agendas, man. That's the only way it's going to get me through these four months. Oh, I'll be honest you, with you. You got, you got to pack in those agendas, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, joined by Kunle. How we doing, brother? You're on mute. You're on mute. I'm. Yeah, no, I was trying to unmute myself, but I'm good, bro. I'm just, you know, I don't know. There's something going on. There's something going on in the Toronto, Toronto airwaves right now. Everyone in this city is sick, so. Look I'm at fighting, the dedication, people. He's fighting sick for and he's my on life, the pod. Fighting for my life, but you know, we've got to get it. Get it as we live, get it as we live right? That's the yeah, motto. I can only respect it. I can only respect it. Thank you for coming on in your time of, of sickness. That shows the dedication right there across the pond, our brother Kunle. Um, Kwame, how are we doing, brother? I'm good, brother. I mean, look, the sickness is global, isn't it? Um, you know, my... My, my, my place of work has been hitting it, trying to avoid it. Now on the pod scene, man. But you know what? I wasn't even wasn't even be here today as well. But you know, a certain man we were trying to draw a draw, my boy. So I got personal. So I came on. You know, I had to feed you guys some content. One, one second, um, Kwame, Kwame. You know, the other day, mm-hmm. um, I was reading, I was reading like the comments on Twitter. Someone mm-hmm. said I was expecting you to be a little sitcoms. What you got? Yeah, no, they said you were supposed uh, to be small. Fun <laughs> size. Hey, you know what? Pick up the supporters and pick up the people who listen to the pod. I mean, I'm I think we've seen the video. I'm not fun size. Uh I'm a decently sized built, you know, young man. So yeah. Um yeah. Um there's been a new revelation. I think um there's a new beef at pit stop, and it's between Kwame and Anik, but you're you're here now on the pod, so you fine. know what? Yeah, we're, we're actually very similar people. That's that's the crazy thing. We're actually very similar. No, 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 but... no. You man beefing, just just hold that. Just like <laughs> You have to stick to that agenda now and bring that throughout the pod. Uh, to, who, who hasn't got an agenda though? 
Like, no, I, 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 my, my, no, Mahad's just trying to cause a civil war. That's what it means. Yeah, exactly. He's just trying to cause a civil war. Bro, there was 52 unread messages and there was only two people typing. That's all I got. <laughs> hey, you, you just nam, though. You just not mean it. You just nam, but today I took nam. That's all I got to say. You said one gun, hey, another gun. What's in. happened to nam? Nam got his champagne. He checked out. I've not heard from him since. He got yeah, his champagne last week. He won. He won. He's rolled off into the sunset. And it, it. You have to hold the L, man. <laughs> but you see how there's always inner conflict at Pit Stop listeners? I mean, I don't beef anybody at Pit Stop. I'm the... Unified. I'm the UN. I'm Kofi Annan. I'm not beefing yeah. nobody. But um, before we get started and start digging deep into the 2022 season and just reviewing and going over everything, um, all the regular shouts, please follow us on Pit Stop Rack on Twitter. Please follow us on Pit Stop Rack on Instagram. If you're not following us on TikTok, I don't know what the hell you're doing. That's also Pit Stop Fracker. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe. Please leave a comment. We'd love to see your comments. Shout out to everybody that watched our uh, video last week when we were in the studio. Um, it was our first time in the studio. We're going to try to do that more next season as well. So thank you to everybody that watched that, even though we had technical difficulties at the beginning and watched it again. Thank you for the view. And um, if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. Give us a, um, give us um, your listen. We need that. Um, so let's get started. Uh, all the way a long, long time ago, all the way back in Bahrain, March 2022. Um, we saw that Ferrari looked hot out of the gates. Straight away, 1-2, Leclerc, signs. We saw um, the reliability failures of the Red Bulls. And it looked really, really cheery and uh, rosy at Marinello. We had a, a certain individual on this podcast right now that was very, very bullish about the chances of uh, the Maranello Red. Uh, what was your, Anik, what was your, take yourself back to that stage. What was your thoughts then? What, what what did you think of Ferrari's chances at the season? If you take yourself back to Bahrain, Jeddah, Australia, around those times. Yeah, bro, it was, it was rosy, real rosy. It was good. Um, obviously, as, as a Ferrari fan, you, you may call it shameless, but I knew that Ferrari were going to do well, um, especially at the start of the season. And I honestly thought they would do well the whole year. And I think it just came to fruition um, in the first few races. You know, if you just go back to testing, um, Leclerc science just kept turning around saying, look, the car looks stable. You know, the car's stable, the car's fine. Um, and then obviously that translated into Bahrain, you know, got, got pole position. Red Bull were there as ever. Um, and I think that was quite surprising, especially to me. And I think, um, yeah, actually, I'm sure we'll touch on Red Bull in a bit. But yeah, um, I was I was quite surprised where Red Bull were at the start of the year as well. But yeah, I mean, coming back to Ferrari, bro, it looked rosy. We had, we had a quick car. You know, we won two out of those four races that you're referring to. We've got pole positions. Um, and I think Melbourne itself, bro, I think we even, we even said at the time, man, it's, it's going to be a long season if, you know, Leclerc can win by 30-odd seconds with a car that's bouncing. And I remember even at the time, I was like, this car's not even perfect. If we can address the bouncing and the porpoising, then, you know, there's a potential to go even quicker. So, yeah, um, very, very bullish, very, very rosy. Um, obviously, it's been a roller coaster since then. But, yeah, bro, 
was looking good at the start of the year. It was. No, you mentioned it just briefly there, like the early performances of Charles Leclerc, when you look for like back at Bahrain, you look at Jeddah and you look at um, Australia, um, what was your thoughts uh, on, what was your impression of Charles Leclerc? Did he look like he could bring a title fight? Was he impressed by his performances? Uh, yeah, very. Yeah, re- re- really impressed with him. I don't. I don't think you can doubt him. Um, up until Italy, obviously, Imola. You know, he spun, um, but he did manage to recover that though. Um, he spun, but he didn't crash on on a wet track. On a wet track, if you spin, no, no. on a wet track, if you spin and you manage to keep it going and you come from ninth to sixth, you recovered points. And those points that he recovered, by the way, Wait, hold on, hold he on, ended hold up on, P two. We're not going to sell that in the back. Good light. I'm Hold on, Alex. You, what did yeah. you call reco- you recover from nine to sixth? Yeah. How are you call recovery? Well, yeah, with about five, six laps to go. And you have to remember, he was second. You have to remember, he was second. The second no, he, wasn't. he was third. He no, was he's third, third chasing third. down Perez. He was third. He was chasing third. down Perez, but there was no one behind him. He should have been second. Huh? He should have been second. He should have been second. Okay, guys, guys, guys. guys. The car. Before you he start jumping in. Before you start jumping in, um, you said that it was a it was a good recovery. You've mentioned the word recovery quite a lot this season about great recoveries by Charles Leclerc. Um, do you not think nobody else was as the front runners were making that mistake on that same corner and spinning out? Don't you think that's a negative rather than a positive? Uh, no, it, it was a negative, but I'm spinning the negative. Into a positive, you can't spin the negative round here. Because, this is pits the tracker, baby. No, 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 because it's it's the home race, it's you know, and you know, it's a, it's a wet track. If a car spins on a wet track at Imola, okay, they tend to crash out and DNF. He, he actually managed to keep the car going, he pitted, and he, you know, and he recovered positions. And the points that he actually recovered probably ended up in him coming second at the end of the year. So he was actually, you know, looking at it in, in a positive light. Coming back to the first three races, though, I can't fault him. I thought it was very mature. And I did think at the time that he had all the credentials and minerals to go for a title challenge. Not gonna not gonna deny that. May I object? Go ahead. <clears throat> I do give you Anik with the first three races. I'll give you that. Um, you know, with Australia, with Saudi, with Bahrain, he did his thing. Cool. They win in Saudi, but he was up there again, uh, given close by the match. But with Imola, every driver that that race was not going as deep that line onto the curb by Leclerc. But why was man pushing that hard for what for 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 for, for P two when P three in the championship in the fourth race of the season when he was comfortably in the lead of the championship and he had the fastest car? It absolutely made no sense for him to be pushing that hard so so much um, during that race and. He, it got to him. It got to him in the end. Like, you can't keep going away on a wet track where we know when it rains, um, water sits on the curb. So if you're going to go on a curb on a wet track, you're going to go spinning. That's common sense in F1. We, we've been knowing this. Why did Mike keep doing that line countless times again? And it cost him. Like, that is what I expect from... That is what you don't expect from a world champion. You expect a world champion to not, in simple times like that, to not bore under pressure. And it cost him the season, and that wasn't the only time he did that. Yes, the team did fail him quite a few times this season, but Charlotte Clubs also got his own, you know. He has to be accountable himself. You know, he's got the pace, we've seen it, but he hasn't got the minerals at the moment, anyways. Um, 
German Champions League. I think, I think, I think at that time, I think it could be slightly forget- forgiven because of um, the whole situation and considering that he won two of the first three races and there was still some time to recover. I wouldn't say that's the whole thing. That's the main thing that cost him this season. But yeah, it, it was a costly error. Um, I'm going to come to you, Conle. You saw Mercedes in preseason. You saw that they've made the zero side pods car. You saw the first four races, just, especially Imola. We were seeing disaster classes all over the gaff. What was your thoughts on Mercedes' start this season in those first four races, and especially this experiments that they were putting Hamilton through, like he was Frankenstein? Um, so like from I think from preseason, from like testing, there was obvious that there was a problem. Like the, you know, the car didn't have the pace. Fundamentally, there wasn't the pace there compared to what the Ferrari and uh, Ferrari and Red Bull compared to what those cars were doing. I mean, at some point, it looked like the Haas was even faster. At some point, this is at, at the start of the season, it looked like you know, in one in one lap, the Haas looked faster. But but one thing that was one thing that was sort of reoccurring even from the start of the season was that during the race, they had a car that would finish that could finish fifth, fifth and sixth. You know. There's there's four there's four cars faster than them on the grid. They were the next best then. That was always obvious. And um the first race, I remember I believe they got a podium due to a DNF. Or due to multiple DNFs, actually. I think Perez went first, then Perez and um, then, and then Max. Verstappen and then Max went too. And then so they were able to get like third and fourth. But like I mean, we all we all say. I think we we all saying it like, "Yo, look, this is not looking good for Mercedes. Like, they don't look like they're gonna be winning a race." Which was what even brought about the whole bet with Anik and Nam to start with, because Anik was running around like pack, convinced that Mercedes were not going to win a race. And to his to his you know to his credit, we gotta give him the realistically at the time, it didn't look like they were going to win a race. Even the podiums didn't look like they would be as often as I didn't expect. I didn't expect them to get as many podiums as they eventually got. Yeah, I didn't expect it because I thought, you know what? There's four cars faster, and even though cars were breaking down at the start of the year, they didn't really. There wasn't that many DNFs, mechanical DNFs. Looking at it, when you when you look back on it, you think about races like Jeddah, where we saw like Lewis and. Kevin Magnuson battling the whole race. Exactly. These are, these are not you know, things that we should expect, especially from a team that was uh, one in the constructors a couple of months before that. Exactly. You know, they were like, you know, so, and with the whole experiment on Hamilton's car, it was, I was, it, it, it didn't, it didn't sit right with me. I don't know why. I didn't, I didn't like it. Are you gonna get into your Doctor Umar bag? No, I mean, not really, but like, I, I wasn't. If, if anything, I was, it was a bit weird because like even at the start of the season it was those cases where like with the pit stop you know you know with maybe like a virtual safety car coming off just when Hamilton has just gone by the pit or a safety car just happening immediately after it's gone by or like Mercedes not making up their mind on time in terms of like the pit stop 
coupled with the fact that it was testing different setup, different parts, uh, it made it look. They almost made my goat look human. They almost made Lewis look like. They almost made him look like every other driver on the grid. You know. They 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 held him back. They held him back. You know. They almost demystified him. It almost looked, but was but. But the great thing is that, you know, it's Lewis Hamilton. He's got credit in the bank. Even even during those times, we were still expecting him to pull off something spectacular, you know, something ridiculous. And, yeah, Mercedes didn't have a great start. They finished better, but the start was, you know, it was bad. It was yeah, bad. I always harping back to, to Imola, and I just remember that race, and I was just like, yo, Mercedes are nowhere. Because you, you, you think they'd make some improvements as the season went on. Uh, as the races went on, and it just kept on looking like it was going backwards. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, it didn't look... We had Lewis Hamilton finishing 13th. He was asking if he get points for that. No, I think it was. I think that day was 10th, and it was like, oh, we get points for 10th? Like, okay, cool. Nah, he doesn't know. He doesn't nah. know. Because... I remember that race, because Miles stuck on the DR train with him, Albon, and Gasly. Oh, yeah, and... the DR train. The DR trains were nice. And too. that kind of showed... The, the lowest of Mercedes this year in the sense that they were that far down bad with their porpoising issues, especially in the high down track like Imola where they were fine with the midfield. Um, like a team like Williams, team like Afatari, they should not beat. From a, from a team that was winning the championship last year, yes, I understand, you know, that, you know, Lewis didn't qualify too well in Imola. I had a bad start, but come on. On pace alone, yes, we knew Mercedes were bad, but we knew that Mercedes, when they saw out the porpoising, they could have had something there potentially, and um, the fact that they were still struggling that bad it showed how bad the season was at the beginning, compared to where they were now winning races, winning a race, I should say. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna come back to you, uh, Kwame. Talking about struggling, we saw uh, Red Bull as well. Um, they had a lot of reliability issues at the beginning. We saw that first race where Perez went bang, and then Max went bang right after, um, costing them a podium. And then we saw uh, in Australia the struggles there as well with Max and his engine blowing up. Uh, at the time, did, did you think that reliability was going to play a key uh, a key role in the, in the season for Red Bull? And were you surprised with their recovery from that? Uh, I think you know, I, had, I was one of the people who thought that uh, Red Bull were going to have engine issues um, going towards this season. Um Despite the fact they were one of the only team not to have problems and issues, um, they were struggling with uh, engines, especially in uh, testing in preseason and in the beginning of races as well. And um, as we as we saw in uh, Australia and Bahrain, they you know had DNFs. Um, I believe Bahrain um, Yuki's the only person Yuki's the only Red Bull powered car to get a point. Um, everyone else had issues with the engines, so. I kind of thought it's going to be a forte to the season, but to their credit, um, they did overcome the issues much more quickly than I thought to be because another team had engine issues, Alpine, the whole 22 races, they've been struggling with engine issues and they still haven't seemed to be able to uh, remedy it whilst Red Bull first three or so races, they've kind of fixed up. And it's funny because even look back now, when it's interviews with um, Christian Horner with Max, even they were... Um, kind of worried and scared about how this is going to pan out with the engines. So I felt like it was a bigger issue than a lot of people make out to be. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, I was one of the people who thought they were going to buy things because of that. Obviously, they were the ones controlling the engines rather than Honda. Um, even though we found in the end, it's still the Honda. Um, but yeah, I give credit where credit is due. The engines, you know, fixed up um, in the middle and the end of the season, and they're one of the fastest cars. So I can't you know, fault them. Mahad, you're mute. Mahad, you're mute, bro. Right, you're mute. You're howler. Howler, 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 bro. Howler. Sorry, guys. Um, I just assumed I was off mute. Um, yeah, you can actually see it from the first um, the races when it, the kind of results that came in 2022 at the beginning. Once they sorted those issues out, where Max had winning, Max won Jeddah, then he won um, Imola quite convincingly by a, quite a large margin, and then. We saw him going a roll a little bit from starting from Miami. Um, we saw some good racing at Miami. Um, Anik, what was your thoughts on the the new track Miami? Uh, did did it bring that? Did it bring? Did it live up to the hype? I know it brought all the celebrities and so on. Um, I thought that was actually a good race uh, between Max and Charles. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was a a, a real good race. Um, I'm glad that you know it actually lived up to its hype into from a racing point of view like it wasn't just a you know just a dead rubber where we're going to see no overtakes it was a it was a really good race um yeah I, I think it lived up to it i think charles and max traded places um a few times i would have liked to see it a bit more though uh, obviously leclerc stuck it on pole science didn't really get his elbows out of the start i remember and you know, the thing about Max, you know, this guy just off the start, you know, he's, he's, he's always there just looking to nick a position here or there. And, you know, he, he was he was aggressive with science into the first corner. And I think that just set the tone. And I think what we saw, especially in the race before, I think if Verstappen was on Leclerc, especially at the start of the year, he didn't really bully him, but he pushed Leclerc into sort of uncharted territory. And I think... Miami for me was the start of tire management. That's when I really realized that this year tire management is going to be real key. Um, and obviously Max got Leclerc, I think about 10 laps. And then, you know, as, as the race progressed, then the safety car came out. And then at the safety car, Leclerc, he just cooked his tires trying to catch up with uh, Max. And I think he ended up about four or five seconds behind him. So I think it was good to see. That you know, you know, Leclerc was trying. It's probably his first time that you know he's up there at that business end of the grid for for a, for a sustained period. But I think just you know, learning to manage your tires for me was was key in Miami. Um, and obviously on on the second round when it came to, um, yeah, you know, battling after the safety car, he just wasn't he just wasn't there with Max. I also just want to pick up off, off the last point as well with the engine uh, Red Bull. I think a lot of the teams, including Ferrari this year, went really, really hard with the engine, as in they went for performance over reliability. And I think that's maybe what Red Bull done at the start of the year, like really go and maximise the performance because of the engine freeze. And the only way in which you can attempt to modify the engine is based on reliability issues. So if you really want to push the extremities of the engine for performance, you go for it. And then over the year, you can you know, say, oh, no, we need to change the engine for reliability reasons or whatever. Maybe that's what Red Bull done. 
Um, but I was also surprised though that they didn't have to change Max's engine for the first for his first two DNFs. But hey ho, it is what it is. But um, yeah, man, my, my mind was it was a good race. I actually enjoyed that. Yeah, I think it was uh, for Max's engine in particular. I think it was issues around the engine, like how where the, how the fuel gets in there and so on. It wasn't actual engine itself. Uh, yeah, so I remember they had quite a lot of like hydraulic issues and uh, big fluid issues and stuff like that. Um, off the top of my head, uh, if I'm wrong, please say in the comments. But don't quote me. But I remember that like, said I had you. Like, you, you put, you're putting out false information. Like, me, stuff. We did. No, no, I'm not percent sure. But yeah, stuff like hydraulics and brake fluid and that type of thing. Yeah, um, you said, uh, Anik, you mentioned the tires, tire wear, and so on. Was that something that was just fundamentally wrong with the Ferrari car? One of the first issues that came up because this is the period of time between Miami and Baku where we kind of realized, okay, maybe there's problems with this actual Ferrari car and what's going on here. <laughs> it's weird. Um, no, I don't think tires was the problem with the Ferrari around this time. I think it all came to the four in the next couple of races, Spain, not Monaco, but Baku, where the engine <laughs> blew up. I think that's what the problem was for Ferrari during that period. Um, you know, in Spain, Charles, you know, it was weird because in USA, I thought, you know what, Red Bull have got it together. But then in Spain over the weekend, even the first part of the race, I remember, man, last day of the football season as well. That was a tough day for me. Spain was a tough day. Um, You're gonna have to hold that. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a card every year. No and you and no you and you you should remember it. I am and no choice, man. That was tough because Le- Leclerc, I think he put it on pole, but he was he was clear, he was fine. He wasn't he didn't seem in any sort of danger of losing that race until the engine blew up. And I remember even saying it at the time, like if the engine goes Fair enough. Okay, the engine's gone. Like you can't do anything about it. But then, on reflection, I think what the team said and what Leclerc said was that there was no warning, and that for me was the most worrying thing. Like if your engine blows up without you, without any warning or any indicators or any sort of sensors going off or suggesting that oh yeah, the engine's about to go, that is very very worrying. And you know what? I was completely right because the same thing happened in Baku. The engine went. And they didn't know what's called it. Benotto came out at the time and was like, I don't know what's happening with this engine. Is Maybe it's the porpoise here. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Clearly, you know, after Austria, we haven't had any sort of engine issues. But yeah, bro, I think between that period, I don't think the tyres were the problem for Ferrari. That actually came later on in the season. I think during that period, it was the it was the engine. Yeah. And we, uh, apart from the engine issues, I think the, this was the first kind of incident of... Uh, in this period of time with uh, Ferrari strategy as well. Um, Kunle, uh, I'm going to come to you. Um, going all back to um, Monaco and looking back on it, I just want to know, is it still unbelievable that you can fumble a 1-2 quali in uh, Monaco as Ferrari oh, yeah. strategy did? Oh, um, it's the history of the Ferrari. <laughs> you know, what do you, what do you say to that? I loved it. I loved it. Made me happy. Made me glad. You know. Wait, made me happy. Made me smile. Made me smile. You know. I had, <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had ice cream on that Sunday. I don't even like ice cream. I treated myself. I said lactose intolerant. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy. I took the risk, innit? Um, yeah, Ferrari. Strategy. 
It's a, uh, I mean, what else is there to say? What do, what else do we say about Ferrari and the strategy? No, to do it at Monaco is special. It's diff- it's all you need to do at Monaco is to qualify P1, and that's it. That they had a front row lockout. You were P, you had P1, P2, and somehow you didn't win the race. What did so they I think? In, what did they, where we, did you we finish second and we finished fourth? So you didn't, you didn't even finish second and third. No, second and fourth. You finished second and fourth. Who yep. finished third in that race? Verstappen. Verstappen. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, Perez won the race, right? Yeah, Perez won. Mm-hmm. How do you even let Perez win in Monaco, bro? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It was, it was, it was, why you saying it like that? Why you saying it like that? I have to defend Perez. Oh. Say it like that. But let's nah, nah. Do, forget about put your don't be my Hadona right now. Don't no, no, be no, 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 right no, no. I'm just saying Perez was cooking that weekend in quality and uh, he was not quality, but in like practice and that. He was, it was, he was the faster Red Bull driver. I mean, as evident, but like if he lost. Oh the yeah, cause, no. This was this a time period where the Red Bull was more suited to his Perez in it, so. If you lost that's it, how Paris, yeah, it was nah, Kwame, there was no time where the Red Bull was more suited to Paris. That shit was Verstappen's car all season. Let's forget about it. It was just the one-off weekends where Don't Max care about it, man. Just Max, yeah. Max just wasn't on it. Max, Max just didn't feel he didn't feel like racing that weekend. Let's for like you have this you complaining about the car. I remember he's yeah, he just he wasn't complaining. It wasn't, it wasn't about it that weekend. Forget, but yeah, like Ferrari is so they're so funny and they're so it's so cute to watch them do it every flipping year. Like they have, they have it right at their tip. It's like this for them. And then either the driver or the team or, or Juventus or something, they find a way to fuck it up. Man said like, Juventus. Man's bringing an extended family in. He's like, ah, oh, we're getting, we're dissing them. <laughs> I mean, they're cousins, isn't it? They're cousins. they're cousins, so you know. But yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like that team has been around Formula One before I was born, and it's still the same strategy issues they've always had that they're still having all these years in. Like I don't, it's I can't even give them a solution. I think what I think what that did show me was. That race, obviously, it was you know it started on, it was raining, yeah, and they didn't know where to start on intermediates or full wets or whatever. They start on full wets, okay. And what that showed me was science has a bit of you know strategic nous because he called it at that time. Listen, guys, we are going to switch from wets to slicks, slick tires being you know soft tires or whatever dry tires and I didn't see that from Leclerc I didn't see that from the Ferrari pit wall they were like box 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 no 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 stay up stay up stay up and science was the one from Verstappen either yeah but there's only signs and Perez that actually called for that what yeah yeah but what I mean is that Red Bull have they don't mess up like that they don't mess up like that and I think science knows that Ferrari can fuck it up like that. So he knew that, listen, guys, the best thing to do here is go straight from wet tyres, wet tyres to dry tyres. And that's exactly what happened. And that showed me that science, you know, he's 
you know, he's he's got a bit about himself to say, you know what, this is this is what we're going to do. And you know what, it worked out for him because he ended up P2. Leclerc was a big loser in this. He went from P1 to P4. He went to intermediates. Then he went to he went to intermediates. He lost that to Perez after the first in. And then straight from intermediates, a few laps later, he went to the dry tyres. It was just, just a complete and utter shambles. Sainz could have won that race as well if he didn't get blocked by Latifi or whatever it was when he, yep. when he had new flags. Like yep. he, he on that outlap, he could have he could have um, jumped Perez and that would have worked for him and he would have won that race just because of decision making. Did you did you is, did you worry about Leclerc's decision making from that point in terms of like t- taking the reins or strategy? Um, I think at that point, no. I was just thinking, you know what, it's fine. Like I don't think it's an issue. I think when it came to um, Great Britain, that's when I was like, yeah, he can step up in that in that department. When he could have just made the calls to switch tyres, he could have had that little bit about himself to try and overtake signs. He shouldn't have binned it on qualifying. So much there for Great Britain. Even though he did drive a great race, I still reckon there was areas for improvement there. But I think at that point at Monaco, I didn't think, I didn't think his um, sort of in in race decision making was was an issue. Uh, you're on mute, brother. Let's skip to that point. Yeah, let's go to that um, to that period of time between the Canada and France. Uh, I think I think for me it's quite vital. Um, Kwame, do you think this period of time was the turning point for the championship between Ferrari and Red Bull? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that period in between. Again, Monaco, I say, to Hungary, Belgium. I feel like that was a point where um, we saw numerous times where the Ferraris were qualifying in pole position. Uh, Leclerc was doing was being better. Then the Bulls in that uh, one lap pace, which, you know, when you're in pole, gives you the advantage. But a lot of times they weren't um, converting them pole positions into wins. Um, sometimes due to strategies. Uh, sometimes due to Leclerc's own doing. Um, and it's interesting because you know, we've seen it like that. Like and just said his own teammate science a lot of the times, like Silverton's good example, where you know, uh, Monaco as well, where he took the situation to his own hands and he took the race for his own and he got a better result than Charles Leclerc. And even though you know, on paper, I say Charles is a better driver than a faster driver, he didn't take that race to himself, even though he's in the position where. He was compete of Matt. He should take it by the you know, the net, for example. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, go on, Anik. I, I have to, I have to like slightly disagree there because up until France, you know, Great Britain. Sorry, how was keeping Great Britain? Silverstone. We you have to like you're not from England, mate. Yeah, man, what's <laughs> going on? It Silverstone. We got a win, and Austria. We got a win, and I actually thought, you know what, we do have a little bit about us, but then. I mean, I think... but then, like, looking back at Silverstone, that was, it wasn't really a guaranteed win. It was almost a labelled win. Like, I... Oh, because of the situation with Max? There was safety cars. There was Max's situation there. There was different things going on in Silverstone. Like, there was a point where Hamilton looked like it was, there was a point where it looked like Lewis was going to win the race to Silverstone. And Mercedes mm. decided, and Mercedes decided not to pit him for oh, for new tires. I mean, there was there was a race, there was a pace differential still, but 
you know, it wasn't Silverstone wasn't a straightforward win for Ferrari. I don't mean Silverstone wasn't guaranteed. It was, it was. It, we we were running one and two. Leclerc had half a front yeah. wing, and he was over, he was able to overtake Hamilton around the outside on on worn hard tires. Like I think I think we had a pace advantage there. I I honestly think we would have come one and two in Silverstone if it wasn't for yeah. that. Ocon. The only thing that was stopping Ferrari winning that race was Max. If he didn't get that damage, he would have ran away with it. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was close because Leclerc was quick and Leclerc, again, for his own doing, he, he lost half his front wing battling with Perez in the first corner. So he was losing a bit of downforce. So I don't know. I, 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 I think that was close. But Austria, Austria, you want, I was like, what? we're fine here. We're okay. Like, we. What was that the glimmer of hope for you that this could still be of going course. after those of two course. Races? Of course, and without being shameless, he beat Max on track. He overtook him three times. He was able to manage his tires. And I was like, what? And the Ferrari was just quick and he ate up Max at his own track. We seem to have a tire significant tire advantage, but it was probably the last five laps or the last 10 laps. Where I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what's happening here. First of all, with science, science's engine going, I thought, oh, shit, engines could be coming back to bite us in the arse. And then Leclerc, I don't know, was going through engine issues, like trying to nurse it home. And he finished like what one and a half seconds ahead of Max. And I was just like, oh, God, like fair enough. Throughout the race, we've done well and we've won. But just leaves a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth when, you know, the car's DNFing and, and the guy... It's just, just you know, trying to nurse the car home with what could be could have been an engine issue. Yeah. Um, also, that period of time as well, we saw some bloody good racing. I really didn't feel like this is where the new regs showed itself and showed when, the positivity. When, when when we went to like the traditional F1 tracks. So yeah, we might we started we started we started with like. Canada quality. Canada, Canada quality, quality was, 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 be- was beautiful stuff going on. With yeah. the, with the, we saw Alonso stick it on the front row. We saw a lot of just like really, really compared in comparison to the earlier races. Um, we actually saw some actual racing, especially in Canada. Silverstone. We saw the ha- racing between Perez, uh, Hamilton, Leclerc, uh, between uh, uh, Hamilton and Norris. We saw um, nobody, so many different types of battles going on in that race. We saw a lot of overtaking, a lot of wheel to wheel racing. Um, Austria in the sprint races, in the real race, especially when we saw that battle, that five way battle going on. This mm-hmm. is where the regs really showed its light. Um, Kunle, I'm gonna come to you. What is your thoughts on these these new cars, these ground effect cars? Do you think it it, it produced better racing? Because this is a really hot topic, and a lot of people are split on this. Do people feel like these regs don't work? Um, so I feel like my my stance. We we said this during the season. We said this as we were watching the races. There's certain tracks where, on street on street tracks, the regs don't. It don't. It don't look. The, the cars don't look closer. They don't. It don't look like you're enjoying watching the races. Like you're not getting the wheel to wheel battles. You know, the cars are not. It's not giving what it's meant to give. But then when we go when we went to like the traditional tracks that are built for like F1 racing, like you know, like the Silverstones, like. You know, look at look at Canada. Look at like you know, Max Max and Signs were like battling till the end, and there was barely anything between them at the end as well. You know, those sort of tracks where it's like it's a modern traditional F1 track. 
I'm sorry, more than traditional, that's wrong. It's like a traditional F1 track. It's not like a straight, it's not one of those forced straight tracks, right? Like that's when that's when the regulations came into light. That's when the cars were able to like perform and you know, where you had like the decent straights and it's not like everyone's breaking every two, two seconds, like they're breaking into a corner or something like that. And cars were able to follow each other and like, you know, before you know it, there's a DRS, there's DRS, there's different things. Like you had to like defend smartly. You had to like, you know, attack smartly as well. But yeah, I like, I like, I like that series of like, you know, pure, you know, pure hooping. Like it's, it was pure racing. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that period of racing, particularly for me. That was when it worked. But there was times in the seasons where like, ugh, this is not working. This is not, this looks boring. It looks like a procession. There was those times too. But like on those tracks, it was very good. Even midfield, even midfield cars, even back markers, you know. It was good racing. Yeah, and what's your thoughts on the Rex? Yeah, so if you... So the way I'm going to look at this is if I compare it to um, how racing was prior to the changes and post. The dead races this year, Mexico was dead, but that's always been a shit circuit for overtaking. That's always... There's always been a, a field spread there. Same with Abu Dhabi as well. I always think there was a field spread there, but I think we saw a little bit more overtaking this year. Coming back to Kunle's point, though, the actual tracks, the Heritage F1 circuits, fantastic racing. I'm not going to dispute that one bit. And in my view, it's worked perfectly because the tracks, which were already shit for overtaking, kind of still remain shit. But the tracks that you know, traditionally may have not produced as many overtakes. Now saw the cars much more bunched up together and you saw cars able to overtake, scrap and go for it. And I think that five car battle um, at Austria, you know, um, epitomized it. I think even, even if you want to drill down to a couple of the street circuits, let's say, let's say Jeddah street circuit. Yeah. At the end, you saw Max and Charles going at it for about seven laps at the end. You remember that the second race of the year and they were able to do that at high speed. You know, fair enough. They were threading their way through what is kind of like a straightish section of the track. But they were able to do that in dice on a street circuit. And that was quite refreshing to see, especially in the second race. And even the traditional circuits like Hungary, Max came from 10th at Hungary to win the race. Now, fair enough. He had a superior car across the whole season, but on a circuit that is traditionally tif- very difficult to overtake, he was able to do that. He was actually, coming back to that race, um, I'm sure we'll touch on it later, he was actually di- able to dictate the strategy of that race from fourth. So I think, yeah, the regs, are, yeah, I, f- I think they've done brilliantly well this season. And I'm not only saying that because like Ferrari have done well and you know they've got race wins. I actually think it has produced better racing closer wheel-to-wheel action and I think another thing is that um also kind of from like a safety point of view you know we haven't seen any tire blowouts either I know I dropped this in the chat earlier I've not seen any tire blowouts tire failures the tires are able to last longer but the tires themselves come into play a lot more because they can degrade they can wear a lot of tire management is key so yeah it's produced thrilling racing for the tires as well um without you know the you know any catastrophic failures that we saw in 2021. Yeah, just to play devil's advocate here for the the opposing side of these regs, 
they would say that hasn't um, closed the gap between the the midfield and the in the front. Um, but I don't really, me personally, I don't think that was the intention. I think it was just to bring closer racing, and that's a, that's a whole different intention because the top three teams they have a financial advantage, they have a infrastructure advantage as well. The regs have definitely brought the last team tenth closer to the fourth team. And that midfield battle to the bottom. It's not really the midfield is basically six teams now. There is no bottom. So yeah, go on, Kwame. I was gonna to come to Last you. What, what what's your thought? So which side of the fence are you on? I'm on the more positive side, but just to continue from where you my head, because like that's about to have a counterpoint, anyways. I feel like a lot of fans need to understand that sadly, this has always kind of been F1, like the top two or three teams have always been ahead. Um, in recent years, being Mercedes and moments where Ball before Mercedes, um, yes, he had the years of Born before that, he had Ferrari, McLaren, before that, he had Williams. Like, I can go on, like, the top two or three teams have always gone away within F1, like, from as far as the A's, I want to say, like, probably even before that, like, it's always that's always been the case. With F1 It's always kind of been like an uh, arms race and. That's why I feel like that's why I feel like people are more complaining because Red Bull winning now. A lot of you know fans don't like Red Bull um, because of you know how they've gone about um, the sport, which you might talk about with the um, cost cap. But I'm not sure we're going to that, but um, also because where you know Horn's kind of been in pantomime villain, Verstappen, you know the whole racism over PK and his family, etc. I totally understand why people don't like them and dominating the sport at the moment. But it's kind of always been the case. Back to the main topic, though, um, with um, the cost cap. I feel like the cost cap with regs. Um, I feel like the regs have done their job, like you guys said. It definitely has um, encouraged close racing. Um, definitely has got rid of dirty air, which was a big issue in the past. Uh, big issue, you know, the cars not being able to overtake because they were being behind the car for too long. Now we're seeing much more, like I say, now we're seeing overtakes. Now the issue is more towards DRS rather than the dirty air in the car. Um we've seen like I said closer racing. Um I feel like they're it's definitely working in old school traditional race circuits with much more space um to overtake. Um but the issue is now F1 is trying to go down the whole street circuit because there's more money there because it'll be close to the fans. It'll be in big cities like you know you can do circuit in Miami which you wouldn't be able to do. Um, his race circuit, so I think that's kind of more the issue now we're going towards. But like you said, it's bringing the midfield closer. There's no, there's no real low end field. Um, all the way from McLaren to Alpine to Williams. That's a that's what from what P P four to P ten, all can fight for same this weekend. We've seen teams like Haas and Alfa Romeo who last year were the bottom of the grid. Now they're in the, they're like the fourth fifth best team in the grid. So. It's definitely has done its job, but I don't think the fans have. It hasn't done what the fans want to do in the sense that they thought P1 could have a P20 or P20 could have a P1. That even happened basically in a year. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's some good points there. And we'll see how the regs develop over the next couple of years. Um, this is the first year. If we saw the first year of the last regs, uh, what, 2014, 2015, that's some of the worst bloody Formula One I've ever seen in my entire life. And I think this <laughs> this year has been uh, much better than 2015's a shambles. Shocking. I don't know what it's absolute. I think there was like 10 one twos, Mercedes one twos, no more than that, maybe 11. 
it was, and they were winning by thirty seconds. This wasn't this wasn't Formula One. This is just a disgrace. Um, but okay, back to um, Ferrari, France. Uh, Anik, I know you don't want to talk about this one. I know you don't. It want was to talk tough. About it was tough. It was tough. I'll be honest with you. It was tough. Was that the turning point for the season for you? Yeah. Was it over from that point? Yep. Because you had a it bit of momentum there. You had Silverstone. You had Austria. You're like, okay, let's get this this third win in the row here. We're back in the shout. What was your thoughts that day? I, I think, you know what? Let's let's look at it on uh, you know on balance. It, it it was a mistake from Leclerc. It was a corner that he was over the whole weekend very quick in. He was able to, you know, gain some advantage over Max. I think he was trying to build a little bit of a buffer to avoid the undercut. You know, at the time, you know, for for those listeners and watchers that aren't aware, you know, he was he was leading the race. Max was behind him. Max pitted, um, and he was trying to, you know, put put in some good sectors. And I think on one of the long, you know, long right-handers, you know, he binned it, and he and he crashed out. And it was, let's be honest, all on his own doing. No one around him, no one near him, no one in his ear not even planning to come into the pits and he just binned it. And I'll be honest with you, yeah, bro. It was at that moment where I was just like, yeah, it's going to be really, really difficult here from here on in. And yeah, Hungary was just a nail in the coffin. Um, but I'll be honest with you, it's the only time in the whole season that he did bin it. It was costly. And if you're going for a championship, you shouldn't be doing that. Um but it was his only one, and it and and it proved costly. Yeah, uh, I think I think it, it was a big mistake. And if let's say the title, if he didn't have those ending issues, and um, the t- and the strategy issues that have happened at Ferrari, that could have been that could have been the decider. Then, if imagine it was quite close with Max towards the end, and he was maybe gapped by a couple points, that could have been those points right there. There were twenty five points dropped. So it's better you do it now uh, while you've got all the other stuff going on at Ferrari and all the whole blame doesn't lay on you. But he has to kind of iron those out because when you're pushing too hard, it's, it's really about when you're racing at the front, it's a completely different game. And those type of things you kind of have to iron out completely. Uh, I actually wanted to actually talk to you about um, your thoughts on Carlos Sainz versus uh, Leclerc this year. Was he uh, Obviously, you looked quite closely at Ferrari. You've seen how it's overgone over the season, just in general. Um, what is your thoughts on the dynamic between the two it, with Sainz and Leclerc? Is it a clear number one in your eyes? Can, can Sainz not... Uh, let's say, for example, if Ferrari have got a front-running car next year, could Sainz ever even bring it to him, Leclerc, in that scenario? I, I just think outright, and I've always thought this outright, that Leclerc is quicker than him. Like Last year, the stats you know, didn't didn't show it because, you know, science finished ahead of him and I don't know what the qualifying record was, but I think this year showed that, you know, Leclerc is the better driver. He got a lot more points than him. He finished P2, science finished P5, P sorry. He did finish P5, I'm sure. P5, um, I think so. I'll double check for you. Come on, go around. Yeah, but re- regardless, one of the Mercedes finished ahead of him. So, you know, I would have expected a, a lot better from Carlos. Um, you know, Leclerc had a had had a clear qualifying advantage over him. I think in the early stages of the season, science he didn't really help himself. You know, he binned it at Australia. Um, when else? He made a couple of other mistakes in the early part. Um, D- 
didn't he been him in as well in Italy? Yeah, but him no, yeah, yeah, with Ricardo. Fair enough, that wasn't his fault, but you know, he was he was tangling there at Spain. He went, didn't he go off at Spain as well? Yeah, he his went off the same race. place as Matt because of the, yeah. the win. And it was just like, okay, he, he had a really difficult start to season, but I think you know, that 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 win, uh, not Great Britain, Silverstone, done him well. And I think as, as the year progressed, he got more used to the car. He understood the car more. Um, and you know what? I was I was on his neck as well at the start of the year. I was always going to say that. But I, I, actually, that probably stemmed from what I was seeing online. I was seeing online that science is better than Leclerc. And I just didn't believe that at all. And I think, especially the end of the season, you know, fair enough, Leclerc didn't win a race. But he put in a string of good, strong points finishes and podiums. Showed to me that, you know, Leclerc is still the better driver, but Sainz done what he could um, and he did improve from where he started at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I still yeah, think the, next year that yeah, uh, Leclerc is still going to be number one next year. He did close that gap quite significantly to the point where the quality gap is only one-tenth and it's the third smallest gap in Formula One. So yeah. he is getting used to that situation. We'll see how it goes next year as well. It hasn't The car's not going to significantly change like that. Um, he did stick it on pole, what, twice? I think three times? Uh, I don't know. No, um, Silverstone is stuck on pole. Spa counts as pole, right? Because Max... Yep, yeah, Spa and then USA. And then USA as well. We got taken out by George. So, so yeah, three times. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. He did make a significant improvement. And um, it's still a strong driver pairing heading into the next season. So um, it looks bright on that side for Ferrari. Uh, Let's move on to Hungry Monza. I, I call this period of time the Max Verstappen period because he was just dunking on guys, even regardless. Uh, Kunle, what was your thoughts on that Hungry race? Considering where Max started, finished, started 10th, winning quite comfortably. It was inevitable, bro. In a track that, that you can't overtake it. That was, that was his inevitable error. It was basically, regardless of where Max started, that period, I think in a, in the polls that we used to have internally, I just used to I just used to put Max as one, and Max to get faster as that. He was just like comfy, regardless it's, of what was thrown. It was comfy. It was too comfy for him. He would literally just do his own race. Like before, you know, it, he had like ten second gap on P two, and that was it. That was curtains. All he needed to be, he didn't even need to. He didn't even. He didn't need to qualify P one. That was how bad it was. He didn't need to qualify like top of. He didn't need to be the fastest. Qual- he just needed to be there. And then before you know it, it was P one. Like in Hungary, it was P. It, it, it was P one in about ten laps or so. No, that was Spa. Was that, that spa. spa? Was it Spa? Yeah, it was Spa. But I know, I know Hungary too. Like, if at some point, just I mean, that was just that was just the max period, and that was when he wrapped the championship up, in my opinion. It's one of them where it's like 10 minutes before the race, gone to Skybet. Right, fuck it. All of it on Max. He's going to win this race. We, we don't endorse gambling, but it's one of those where... Unless you guys want to sponsor us, we'll endorse it for you. So you're not, you're not <laughs> even backing... You're not, Anik, you're not even backing your boy them times. Right, it was I, an, I, as you said, it was inevitable, man. I tell you right was, now, was I tell you right example. now, we did the predictions every week. Anik was putting Max down every week to win the race. <laughs> Same he did not care. <laughs> I don't care. And you know, you know what made that period? You know what made that period? You know what made it crazy? P 
Perez wasn't getting P2. It didn't look like Perez was I don't yeah. Perez wasn't consistently getting P2. It was just basically Max just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just getting my P1. I'm, I, I mean, to be fair, though, to be fair, Perez P11 that race, though. Perez hmm? P11. Perez started P11 in that race, though. Why did he start P11? Nah, he couldn't qualify. Man kept going off um the baseline. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's... and what what did Max do? Max's engines. Max engine. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> One is driver error. The other is issue with the car. Like it's a difference. Max didn't have, Max didn't have, Max didn't make driver errors. That was Perez. That's what I'm saying. Difference between driver error and engine error. Okay, let, let, let's break let's break down. Let's break this down what Max did. So Max went from P ten to P one in Hungary. Then there was a little summer break. He enjoyed his little holiday. Came back to Spa, took an engine penalty, started P fourteen. Won four. And won the race by like how many seconds? Let me just check this. Yeah. Right I was disgusted. Like he won the second well, he won the he, how can you win the race by seventeen seconds and you started fourteenth? It was disgusting. But, but even at that point, at Belgium, I remember us going into that and we all said Max is going to win. P14, we all said he's going to win the race. And no one was no, betting no, against it's him in that race. He was still Here's the, the favourites at the bookies. But yeah. Belgium was different though. Belgium, no, but Belgium is a, is a high down for Shaq though. Hungary is not. That's the big issue. Hungary, you don't expect people to overtake and there get we from go. 10th. Exactly. If you compare Belgium, that to yeah. last season, maybe this is another reason why the regs work. But if you compare that to last season, Nobody was cutting through the field like that. Even and, Hamilton and... couldn't cut through the field to get to where uh, Vettel and Ocon was. I know he had the whole situation with, with Fernando mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but it was a it was a tough drive. Yeah, but look who. But look, no disrespect to Hamilton, but look, he he was trying to overtake. He was trying to overtake very mediocre cars. Max was slicing through the field in Budapest, which is why I genuinely think that that was Max's best drive. I reckon Hungary was was his best drive of the year. Even better yeah, than yeah. Belgium. And also, yeah. as well, you have, to, you have to give it to the um, strategists as well of their team because to pull that off in it from where they were, Hans Schmidt to them a lot. I don't give them their, 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 their applause compared to Ferrari and even Mercedes this year to some extent, but definitely compared to Ferrari because they did what they need to do. You know what's funny about Hungary, yeah, is that I think he done the first stint on softs and then he went to mediums and there was the talk about. Because uh, I think, do you remember George Russell qualified first and the two Ferraris came second and third um, and their Ferrari started on mediums and that's when they completely ruined their strategy, Ferrari. But Russell started on softs. Max started on softs. Max was able to slice his way through the field and I think he must have ended up about P5 or something. But he was there was still a gap between Max and the front runners. I think after the first round of pit stops, he still must have been about five or six seconds behind the front three, the front three being um, Leclerc, Russell and Sainz, yeah? When Max then pitted the second time and he started putting in stonking laps on those mediums, he had the front runners who were about five or six seconds ahead of him shaking in their boots because he started putting in um, purple after purple after purple. And in doing so, they went and pitted. They forced Ferrari into a complete strategy nightmare. Do you remember um, Horner and Wheatley didn't even look back at Ferrari because they knew that they were messing up. Max came back on track. He overtook Leclerc. He spun on his own. And he, and he kept yeah, he, it going. He's taking a piss. The spin was, he was taking, taking a piss. piss. And he still won. It was just, I, I, 
it, it was a great drive. You have to take his hats off to him for that drive because it was it was epic. And for me, I think that was better than than Belgium. But yeah, but Belgium, I think it's more for the history books. If you look at the position he started in, the kind of positions he gained. You know, you know that my favorite. Crazy. You know my favorite thing about Belgium, though. Go on, Charles Leclerc. <laughs> hey, don't even try that. No, no, Kunle, don't even try that. <laughs> was he speeded in the pit lane and lost the position to yes, yes, Lord yes. have mercy, man. You know what? It was so stupid. <laughs> he it was so hold, hold dumb. It was so stupid. He tried to go soft. He tried to go a new tire so that he could get like fastest lap. Comfy. He didn't need to do that. He didn't need to do that. So he lost fastest lap. He lost the place. He regained the place, though. He he regained the place. He took he took he, he overtook Alonso. No, no, I was I was I, 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 I was waiting for you to do that. He overtook Alonso. He gained the place back. Still didn't get fastest lap, and then got told, "Yeah, you're spinning in the pit lane, so you're gonna get a penalty," and then lost the place again, which is beautiful. You know, he he kind of got shafted because he had a like a tear off in his car. He had to pit. Yeah, yeah, that was at the start, that, and that was from Max, by the way. I was literally gonna say that, but who cares about who cares about that? It actually, it wasn't from Max. Actually, uh, it turns it out was... they did some like investigation. It was from Stroll. It was from a ter- yeah. that guy's a terrorist. But, yeah. but I, I, I was laughing. I was laughing at the end of that race because, like, it was like, yeah, go, let's get faster slap. Even if we can, let's salvage this. It was slap. over. It was over. It was. Over. I said this at Hungary. I said at the beginning before Hungary race started. I said, if Max wins the next three races, this title was done. And guess what he did? It won like it's so like he won like nine in a row. How many did he win in a row? He he won no he won four in a row. So we're talking, we're talking. He won Belgium. He won. He won Hungary, Belgium, Netherlands, Italy, and then obviously Singapore. He had a howler. So and then he won up until Singapore. Yeah. So yeah, that was in a contract. That was in his contract. Yeah, you know what? Have a howler. Let Perez win another one. (laughs) (laughs) They they underfueled his car on purpose, so he couldn't. Yeah. Because he had red... two laps that were pole position laps and he didn't yeah. complete any of them. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. That's why he was yeah. effing and blinded. I don't know why people got onto it for effing and blinded. I'll be effing and blinded. Don't Trust. tell me I've got two pole laps and I've been told to have bought both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Taking so... a piss. Um, I, I'm going to come to you, Kunle, on this. Uh, actually, we need to have a discussion about this all together because I know uh, certain Alex here as well. Uh, Hamilton, Hamilton and Russell. We saw Hamilton. Uh, we saw Russell take pole. Uh, in Hungary, we saw their battle back and forth um, throughout the season, and George ended up on top. Even experiments included uh, for Hamilton. Kunle, um, is that a bad sign that no. uh, Russell come in as a as a as a kind of rookie at a top team, and and kind of kind of outdid him a little bit? I don't think he outdid him, and Lewis outqualified him. If if he had outqualified Lewis, then that would have been a problem. Yeah, he did smallest get gap is is six hundred or ten or something like that. I'm saying head to head though, head to head. Yeah, I'm talking about time wise. Yeah, I don't. Uh, closest uh, gap. No, no, I don't care. Head to head. I'm just. Work. I'm being. I'm playing devil's advocate. Here. Better, better, you better. know how I feel about George. Uh, yeah, but no, no, like you know, shout out to George Russell. He is coming to a team that, you know, that's been his. That's been what he's been waiting for his whole Formula One career. And he's done. Is is done well? Like you know, he's taking his opportunities. Is you know, he's had he's had a few terror moments. You know, he's had a few what the fuck are you doing moments. But he's not looked out of place. You know, is the things that the things everyone complained about, but about Bottas, is not 
been those things. So it's been better. And that's what you can compare against, right? You know, where are you when your teammate is winning? Or when your teammate is ahead? How far behind are you? And he's not been far behind Lewis. Granted, at the start of the season, you know, Lewis was doing the mechanical work. He was doing the testing with the stuff. Lewis broke his back in that car. You know, they wanted to take my goal out, but he's got the black man power in him. He's got blood in him. He came back. Um, and then, you know, there are a few times where strategy-wise, <clears throat> Lewis was at his disadvantage. Like, you know, like I said earlier, there's times where Lewis should have been able to pit and then Mercedes did not pit him or the safety car comes at the time when George is about to pit and he doesn't lose that much time compared to like other drivers around him, blah, blah, blah. And then Lewis had two DNFs. One of it was his fault. One of it, maybe not, maybe 50-50 with Alonso. I don't know who got a penalty for that. <clears throat> I don't remember. No, uh, Lewis got a penalty. Lewis got a penalty. Sorry, excuse me. Excuse me, sorry. Let's go penalty for that. And then the other one was at the end of the season. I mean, it wouldn't have really have counted much at, at Abu Dhabi. It wouldn't have counted much. So, yeah, I would say at the end of the day, it was 25 points between them. Um, George had a great season. He won a race. He won. He got pole. He won a race and he won pole. And he also won a sprint race. Lewis didn't get any of that. But then Lewis also had by Formula One standards, he had an okay season. But by Lewis Hamilton standards, he had a poor season. So you no said, race. So the, is, it, is it an underperformance thing? Or was it just like, if I'm not winning, I don't care? I think for Lewis, it was like, if I'm not getting P1, I don't really care. If if I'm not fighting for P1, I don't really care. Podiums are nice. P2s, P3s are nice, but... So them times when they were finishing P5 and P6 or P4 and P5, really didn't for him it didn't matter because he wasn't fighting for the title. It wasn't it wasn't at every point matters. It was just more like okay, you know what? Let's. I mean, from it started. They started the season bullish. Like Louis started the season like, oh yeah, my team don't fail. But then from when they realized that it looks like we failed, it just became you know what? I can't wait to get rid of this trash that we call a car. And that was the that was the energy that was just, that was the energy he, he had that energy to the end of the season you know yeah because it was so inco- the, the the car was so inconsistent that you know they could finish p2 p3 today and then the same car will turn up the next week and finish p7 p8 so Anik, I know you're itching to jump in here about this so, whole situation <laughs> between Russell and a man. So I think at the start of the year, I am itching, by the way, to get in, get, in, get involved in this. I don't. I, I love talking about Mercedes. We spent too much talking about too much time talking about Ferrari, man. We're not talking about Ferrari anymore on this podcast. We Thank you. Thank you. Um. So look, look. Let's be honest. Yeah, at the start of the year, they weren't there. They weren't there. They benefited off Red Bull DNFs, and that's probably the only reason why they got their podiums at the start of the year. But once. They kind of ironed once they kind of ironed out, you know, the, the issues that they had. They were challenging. They were challenging. They weren't challenging for race wins. But if you look at Hamilton's results, he's still got nine podiums this year. Okay. Now, for him, at the start of the year, probably about after the first month, he realized I'm probably not going to get 
a championship this year. But what I need to do is try and protect my record of winning a race in every single season or a minimum a pole. And he wasn't able to do that. And his teammate was able to do that. Now, fair enough, it was circumstantial at Brazil. But as I said, Russell at Brazil collected maximum. He got fastest lap, got sprint, he got pole. He did get pole, right? And he got the race win. And when you look at Lewis, who was on the podium a number of times, especially towards the end of the season, I personally think that he will feel upset because he should have at least got a race win. There was opportunities there. Fair enough. The team might have, you know, shagged him or whatever. Looking at United States, I still st- still think they went on the wrong tyre choice. Looking at um, Zandvoort, I reckon he got done there as well. But should have, I would have expected to see a race win. Um, and, you know... <sighs> He got beaten by his teammate, yeah. And I know we had we had the same energy when it came to Leclerc and Science last year. You didn't have the same energy for that Science Leclerc though. Yeah. And now uh, you're no, having I energy for uh, Hamilton <laughs> Russell. That's a bit strange. Yeah, yeah well, it gets like that. Anyway, <laughs> but we can't be shameless. But <laughs> but it's look at the end of the day, he lost to his teammate and. I personally think I'll, I'll, I'll rate his season a six out of ten. I'll be honest with you, I'll rate it six out of ten. Uh, I would, I was expecting a lot more from him. Um, Russell, gap, you got the, in the car. The gap between him and Russell is larger than the gap between Russell and Leclerc. Okay. In the standings. Okay. But so what's the positions? It, it, what's it, the it, positions? No, no, the, no. The, I'm the, saying, the like, I'm saying, no. I'm, I'm saying that as Russell's done a. Good job here because he's only 20, 28 points off the title, uh, off second place in an inferior car. So he's yeah. done very good to capitalize on that situation. And obviously, H- Hamilton's had these issues in terms of dealing with an inferior car at the beginning of the season, well, in comparison to Russell anyway. But there was opportunities there to win the race, win a race. There was opportunities there to get a ball. They didn't present themselves. I wouldn't say full opportunities, I'll say like half chances. I'll say half chances. <laughs> I, 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 I personally believe. Those. I personally, I personally believe if he did a tangle with uh, Max in Brazil, yeah, maybe was... Brazil was the Brazil was probably like the clearest opportunity for for Lewis to. Win. If he doesn't, if he doesn't have that issue with with Max, he, and, like, and let's not forget, like even in the sprint, he didn't even start the sprint. He didn't, he didn't finish his like he didn't get a chance to like do a qualifying lap after Russell like bend it. And he had no, to start no, 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 no. He had that, to start P8. He started P8. He started P8. He started P8. Quali, Quali, Quali. He was just... He started P8 in the sprint. Yeah, yeah, because his Quali lap wasn't good enough. He was ahead of... No, 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 no. Let's not do this, man. Let's not do this, man. Because Hamilton was actually faster than Russell that weekend. But Russell obviously binned it. And binned it. Russell binned it. He You're not listening. You're not listening. When it was the Q3 laps... Everybody that went out had a like, had one a lap. That one lap, one chance. Russell binned it on the second lap. He was never going to improve on the time. Nobody improved on the time. That's why Magnuson got a pole. So no, on the original Mag- front, first lap, Magnuson he got qualified by a lot of people. He made him must have made a mistake on that lap. He got out qualified by like Norris and that. that. That's not people that you should be getting out qualified. I'm just saying, like, there's there's context to that, like. 
There wasn't. In what context? Because he was ahead of Russell on the track. He just got out qualified on that particular day. It's not. Uh, and maybe he, that's what he did, did one lap. Take it is. It's only one lap because everybody did one lap on that. On that. On that. He did one lap. Magnussen did two. But it's but but Magnuson it's the margins. But but you see, it's the margin that Magnuson that one Magnuson. win for Russell now makes him now people rank his season as great. Whereas yeah, it was that, Hamilton, no, he then, could have then, easily no, swung no, it and made Anik, it a Anik, great Anik, season for Hamilton. Anik, Anik. People will rank Russell's season as great, not because of that one win, because he's the one coming from a smaller team. Yeah, it's the context of it. It's the context of it. It's, it's I reckon con- if I reckon if Hamilton wins Brazil, a lot of people will say that he had no, a better no, season. No, 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 no one's saying. No one's saying Lewis had. No one is saying Lewis. Even if even if Lewis had won Brazil, um, even if he had won um, um, Zanvor, I still don't count his season as great. There's Lewis and there's Lewis Hamilton standards and there's other F1 driver standards. Look at Sainz. Sainz won how many races? Was it two or three races? One. one. Was it one or two? One. Did you know when one. You... US? Did you know in US? He did when US. He crashed <laughs> out. <laughs> no, he crashed oh, out. Oh, he crashed. Yeah. Oh yeah, he crashed yeah. out. Yeah. But like, but like, you, if you'd ask people like how was Sainz's season? They will tell you, you had a good season or you had a great, like, you know, you had a decent season because of the context that that switch. His name is Carlos Sainz. His name is not Lewis. If Lewis Hamilton had Carlos Sainz a season, it still wouldn't be great. Uh, but no, no. My, even my if he had, is... look, let me, 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 even if he had Leclerc season in terms of like the result, it still would not be a great season. Do you know why? Because he is Lewis Hamilton and he's set the standards for his own seasons. I'm not comparing it to Lewis Hamilton's season. I'm more comparing it to Hamilton and Russell, who had the better season out of the two. Yeah, no, no, now, saying, if... no, I'm not arguing that with you. Russell had a be- Russell had a great season. He had a better season than Lewis, numbers wise and rankings wise. That's yeah, fair. Hamilton only beat him in quality. Because I, I, Hamilton beat him in quality. I think the race was head to head. I think race head to head. I think was equal. No, no, no. It was a. Uh, I'm looking at it now. It's a race head to head is eleven to nine. To eleven to nine to Russell. So and qualifying like Hamilton just beat him down thirteen nine. Yeah. So eleven nine is not a bit down. Yeah. One race. But, one race there. One race... If it was. But, no, but no, 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 no. I'm not gonna let you. I'm not. I'm not gonna let you run your Hamilton agenda on. This. No, <laughs> no, I'm not running. Not Hamilton agenda. No, that's I'm not, what you're trying to do. I'm not. not he's when still I'm my number one. No, no, shut up. Keep his name out of mouth. <laughs> you wouldn't say that shit, man. <laughs> keep, his, keep his name out of mouth. But like, I'm just saying, when you're comparing Russell and Lewis, which by the love of God, you should not even do to start with. But just because it's Mercedes, just because they both drive the same car, we can compare. But we both know that they were not driving the same car at the start of the season. Let's just leave okay. it there, and let's just. Okay. I, I'm, 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 I'm fine to move on from that. Yeah, yeah look, because to... Anik, let's be, let's be real. If that situation was between, uh, let's say, Charles and Sainz, and they gave Sainz a, uh, Charles was doing experiments. You would bring out the experiments every two seconds. If yeah. Sainz beat him. Yeah. There we I go. Would... Point. I, would... I think but... I, the only, but, the only thing for but, me, but, only thing for me, but, it looks mad but, to me. Isn't that? 
that context is not going to get taken into account in the future, though. I tell you but that. But why? No, it wouldn't. No one would. In, no the one future, would... In, the, in the future, like let's say ten years from now, and people look back at this year, people are just going to see Russell B. Hamilton in these. No one would. No one would. No, no one would. No one would remember okay, that. But let's say. Okay, but Next let's say if you go back to this season. Let's say we go back to this season, and you saw that Hamilton had a win in Brazil. Then maybe you can turn around and say, actually, you know what? Hold on, he's the one that actually got a race yeah, win in that car, as opposed to Russell. I and mean, another thing, why why are Mercedes getting Hamilton to test at the start of the year? Why are they getting? Yeah, I don't know test? what that's about. What's, what's going to happen next year? What's going to happen next year? Then if they're back, are they going to again make Hamilton guess, do the testing? I guess the rationale behind it is, you know, you're the experienced driver, you can carry the. I, the I'm the, saying, get the, get the get the get the new boy to do that. You get the rookie. You should get the rookie to do that. You should get the rookie to do that. But I don't know. Maybe Lewis volunteered to say, you know what. I'll I'll write that I'll write this out for the team. And no, do you think Lewis is not there to do experiments? No, but that's everything. Lewis Max though. Lewis Lewis hasn't got that ego to say like a Max. Like no, him. but Kwame like Lewis, Lewis is not there to test. He's not. There I know. To, he's there I to know. Win that's not his job. I know. Mercedes should send that to the YG. They sent the YG to go shop. That's what they should have done. They should not have. They should not have done that. If 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 Mercedes treated this a bit differently, because if it was any other team, they would have even brought Russell to the team. Facts in the first place. Don't you? He until Hamilton decides to retire, you do not put Russell on that team. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. All you're gonna do is create this narrative that we're having right now. You have a clear number two. You might want to kept Bottas instead of Russell. Bottas is a clear number two. You've won championships, but 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 look how the difference between George and Bottas though. Yeah, George is better than Bottas. But there you're so why, one so why say no to a better driver? That makes no sense. You start saying no to a better driver. It's saying protect your lead driver. Protect protect your lead driver. But no, no, no. But like, it's the equivalent. No, it's the equivalent of Michael Schumacher in his in his prime, two thousand three, and then they sign uh, Raikkonen. No, why are you signing Raikkonen for? I, I get it, but I, 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 I like... listen, Kwame. Kwame, do you think? Yeah. Do you think? You, you think if you think if Max Max at Red Bull, as it is, you think you think Red Bull are bringing in anyone to come and but challenge him? Here's the thing, though: Max and Max and Lewis are different positions in there. No, 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 but, but but I'm just saying, like, just imagine, Bull, imagine not, Max, imagine, it, I mean, imagine Red Max. No, exactly. Your so, question, no. But that's exactly I said, what I Lewis saying. and Lewis and Max are in different positions in their career. Lewis, let's be honest, is coming towards the last stages of his career. He's at his point where he can hone a younger driver. To be levels of him, that's the way I see it. But us fans try to do George V. Lewis. Well, George V. Lewis, yeah, it's an individual sport. Of course, we're going to do George. It's an individual sport, man. But I say, I I think we say to see is a team sport where they see, yo, Lewis is number one. He's got seven chips. George is our protege. Lewis coach George. We're not doing. I can promise you, no one, no one. Because if you if you do, imagine you imagine you're training up somebody that could. Uh, you're you're planning that Lewis is planning to stay in the sport for like maybe three or four more years. Mm-hmm. You're training mm-hmm. this guy next to you, and then he's gonna end up doing a Rosberg because you've been training him. And then the narrative is gonna change because Russell's got the mentality like I'm I want to win. I, I, listen, media gonna talk in it. Media gonna talk in it. But uh, I, at the end of the day, though, I think Lewis. I've seen this going. I don't think George will get that level of, of Lewis personally. So. Maybe if it, it, it's not about that, it's about an age decline as well. What if uh, Hamilton's naturally going to decline? Yeah, Russell's going to ascend, and then yeah. it's going to it's going to get into loggerheads. But I, I don't see Lewis to be like, I don't see Lewis as like a Lonzo type to get headed over UIG. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not it's not about what Lewis' reaction is going to be. It's yeah. about what Russell's reaction is going to be. 
I think Russell mature enough though to be a team player. The way he's moving, he's not moving reckless at the moment. With, with, with because you're not, they're not, they're not fighting for race wins on a regular basis. If it, if it's for race wins, you're gonna see Wagwan. Mm. If Mercedes have a big boy car next year, and they're fighting for wins, all you're gonna hear is George on the radio going, uh, "What are we doing, guys? What are we doing?" And then he's just gonna end up. We're, we're racing, and then you're gonna see Wagwan. I mean, he's already trying to do that. Yeah, uh, I bet it's different, man. But we'll see next year, innit? We'll see. Ah, right, talking, talking about. This is not like well, a, I don't. This is not a George Russell, anti George Russell thing. It's just you protect, protect your number one driver, right? You protect you who has brought you protect the man that has brought you seven championships. Red Bull's not going to go and sign Charles Leclerc. But Red Bull, wanted Fernando, no? Bro, I was but, thinking that the other day, Why are you thinking that? Why? I was thinking. What's that. wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I was just giving <laughs> a fake example. Don't think that man. Red Bull would never do right. that because Red Bull know not to put two number one drivers in a. In a but no, I'm saying Red Bull. No, but not... I was thinking. No, no, I was thinking because I saw a report about Max saying he might leave, like in two, three years. I'm like, who are they going to take? They well, he's got he's got a five year deal at the moment, man. He ain't leaving. Unless that car doesn't win, he ain't leaving, man. He's twenty twenty seven. He's getting that bag. Hey, more, if man. Max gets bored, if Max gets bored, then you never know. You might but just want to. Back to the point, though. Before we go, move on. Red Bull trying to sign Lando, no? Allegedly. Lando yeah, says that's, that's not a good idea. Okay, fair enough then. You answered the question. So that's cool. For Red Bull, that's not a good idea. They might want to do it. They've been trying to do it from day one, but it's not a good idea for them. Because they don't know how to handle two number one drivers. We've seen how they handled Ricardo and bloody Max. Imagine they got Lando and Max. That would be a disaster. Um, so we saw the continuation of Max Verstappen dominating in Singapore. Uh, not uh, and we saw Perez dominate uh, dominate Singapore against uh, Charles. Bit of washed out races. We saw that the FIA don't really know how to deal with rain. We saw Singapore. We've seen Japan. We've seen wet tires that cannot be used, which I've never heard of. And if you think about back in the day, we, both of them races would have gone ahead. Went ahead. Japan, bro. Japan. They just wanted Max to win, man. It was all lined up for Max to win that race. No, like, why are you saying it like that, man? No, bro. Forty minute race. It was it was a forty minute race. Okay, they let look they, bro. They penalised Leclerc. Max dunked on Leclerc on the first corner. Yeah. Okay, he dunked on him in the first corner. Bravo. Okay, in, he dunked in, on him. In terrible conditions. I'm not going to dispute that. Yeah, he got he got him in the first corner, but again, we couldn't manage our tires, even if it was wet in the rain. We couldn't manage our tires. Yeah, we couldn't. That's why um, when it went to intermediates, Perez was able to chase down Leclerc, which he done. And Another mistake, Claire. I just remembered. Yeah. Okay. And and this comes back to my original point. They wanted a Red Bull win at their home Grand Prix of their engine supply or whatever. They gave Leclerc a penalty whilst they were interviewing Max. Come on. When ever have the FIA reacted so quick to say, "Oh yeah, Charles Leclerc five second penalty, Max wins the championship." What's going on there? That's never happened. That's never happened. It usually takes getting time. You would never this is conspiracy, bro. I'm telling you, they lined that up at the Honda at the Japanese Grand Prix. Max to win the title. Even Max was surprised by it. But hey ho, they he didn't know they were winning the title. That's to me. That's the most anti-climactic. You know, like usually <laughs> they, you got the you got the commentary, you got everything going on. My man's just saying, "Oh yeah, I'm doing a." Crofty doing didn't know what to say. I'm doing an interview with Johnny Herbert or whatever, and. Oh yeah, um, you just want you just want the championship, mate. And they didn't know. <laughs> this sport is a joke, man. 
Yeah, trust me. The, the, those two races were, were funny, man. Very, very funny. But yes, especially Japan. Bro, on a serious note as well, that tractor, that was just shocking as well. On track. That the was... FIA. Oh. You, can, you can get rid of Massey, Michael Massey, but the crimes are still here, man. The crimes are still being committed. So I know everybody liked to, uh, liked to lay blame on Michael Massey about what was going on last year. This is, this is hereditary. Trust me. It's deep-seated within this shocking, shocking, shocking organisation on how they administer this sport. And we saw more examples this year. We've been calling out since day one of this, about FIA. Mm-hmm. Since the first episode, we've been calling these guys out. And they continue to do it. And we'll continue to call them out. Because we notice these things. We spot these things. And it's an absolute joke, honestly. Um, Singapore, uh, Perez won. And then we saw Max win Japanese Grand Prix. Um, he won Kota as well. And then uh, won Mexico in front of uh, Perez's own friends when Perez needed that that dub, even though Perez was quite slow. <laughs> and this is what I want to discuss right now. I want to talk about Max and Perez. I'm talking about a relationship. We could go all the way back to Monaco. Uh, initially, we didn't really... Most people didn't really notice, but now Perez actually binned it on purpose because he was in a bit of a title race with Max at that time. Uh, Kunle, I know you used to be a Perez fan. Uh, not anymore. Um, what do you think of that situation between Max and Perez? Do you think that relationship's uh, sustainable? They brought in Daniel Ricciardo now as a third driver. Um, we saw that Max had the title wrapped up and it was just to help Perez get P2 and it just didn't really work out. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. Hey, hey. Goodbye. That's what we're going to be telling Perez at the end of next season. He's done. He's done. Once it's but contract- I see, I, I see rumours even now. I see rumours even now that he could go. Once his contract is done, it's out. They brought Danny Rick back. Br- bring it, Danny Rick back is, sco- is spooky. Hey, I mean, he knows the Red Bull environment. He's part of the establishment. He's a graduate from the academy. What else is there? It fits the bill. And I think at this if, point... If I'm living with my girl and my girl all of a sudden decides, oh, I'm moving ex- my ex into the house. I'm in danger. Yeah, but you're in trouble. You're in trouble, man. Because, you know, it's still going to be... If your missus' ex-boyfriend is in the house with you, yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem because, you know, he knows how she likes her breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you're done. It's game over, And that's what's brother. happening at Red Bull right now. Like, yo, I thought, I thought it was a joke at first. I thought, like, you know what? They won't do this. But... Thinking about it now, like you know, Danirik is humbled. Like his stock is not up like he was when Max first came into Red Bull. So, but Paraven, he's not going to be as good as Pe- like I, I, is I, he I, humbled Danirik season this year. Pa- look, listen, right is now he humbled. He is humbled. I think he said right no now, to have seat. He said no to have tower seat. Uh, How many seats he said no to? And you're doing third driver's seat. Like, have even shame, you, brother. Even have you, shame. You, even no, you, no, 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 no. It's no not about it. have shame. It's not about have shame. It's thing. not about have shame. He, every, I've been analysing this Daniel Ricciardo situation. I've watched all these interviews this year and stuff like that. So always towards the end as well, obviously, because he's driving from McLaren. He says, I do not want to drive unless it's a car that I can win races in. Why would you make a decision to go to third place? A, a, a third driver on a winning it's team. Smart. It's smart. Because no, he listen. knows he's going to get the seat. Kwame, listen, you know, Perez's city is just a, it's a one year rolling contract, isn't it? No, nah, yeah, one year left to do. Yeah, one next, year. Ne- next year, Elmer Marco's going to sit in front of Sergio and be like, yo, me dag. 
But but then uh, I don't know where she went then because but why are you going back with a person who doesn't want you? Who said they don't want him? It was bro, it was Danny Rick. Who said they don't want him? Place. Bro, bro he's was, gonna... was Horner not back back him about when you went to Renault talking about oh him going still like they were begging Red Bull were on, begging man. for this guy. They didn't want. They him gave to him the exact same contract as they Renault. were. He they were begging for him. They, no, they were. But they were begging him to stay. And you know why they were begging him to stay? Because he was their marketing face. Not and Max. this is what I mean. Yeah. This is what I mean. That's when it comes to the marketing for. for Red Bull, this guy will do bits for them next year. He will because actually do bits for them next year. The, the, problem is, the problem is Max is not marketable. He's the world champion, but literally no one gives a fuck about Max, to be fair. Sergio Perez, mm, I don't know. Like He's got South America. He's got Latin America. Outside, of, outside of South America. And America. And Latin America. I mean, outside of like Koto, you had the most fans. He was I. Yeah, Koto. but that's like Koto is like literally next door to Texas, Mexico. Texas, Texas man. Texas, yeah, right. So counts Mexico. This counts in Mexico, like you know. Let's be, <laughs> let's be fucking ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like outside of but thing is, you see, Danny Rick, but, but Perez still, is more marketable than Max. But it's not as marketable as Danny Rick, though. Yeah, and and, and I think listen. The McLaren situation, I've analyzed it. Like it was bad for Daniel Ricardo, yes, hundred hey, percent. Hey, but I think listen, I hey, think man. Daniel Ricardo, he's not adaptable in that sense. Hey, I listen, think man. he can drive a Red Bull car. I'm not gonna yeah. lie to you guys. We saw. No, that. I agree with you. I agree with you. Listen, I think he can drive fast cars. Well, oh, on, a, on, a, on a light note, yeah. If Daniel Rick is cooking a Red Bull, he might win me back. I'm just saying. <laughs> You can't do that. I'm shameless, man. I'm just right saying. Low key, Red, Bulls, Red Bull stocks. Not Red Bull stocks. Not Red Bull stocks. Daniel Ricardo stocks. You know, I'm, I've been a big hater at McLaren for Danny Rick because it was fucking up the team. But if he starts, if he gets into that sit and he starts to cook, he might win you back. Hey. He might win me back. It's the only budget, bro. You know? And listen, Daniel Ricardo, he'll bring his deranged fan base with him to Red Bull. Exactly. So, yeah. But you know, if, if like if you look at what happens with Red Bull, the past couple of seasons off the track with Horner's comments, the fact that they breached the cost cap, they had the floor or whatever, like they've won, they've done their bit this year on track, but it's like kind of off track. And even with Max losing followers or whatever, like I don't want to say they're viewed negatively, but they're not in the best of lights. There's other F1 teams out there that are viewed in probably better lights than them. And maybe Danny Rick going there will help it on the market in front. And you know what, guys? You've convinced me. It could be a big brain move from Danny Rick. It could be a fucking big brain move, this. He kept on saying, I want to come back and drive for a team that wins races. He kept on saying it every single time. You heard it here first. So if, if it does happen, it was us that broke the news. You have to just look look in between the lines and hear what these guys are saying. I, oh, everybody likes to listen to this reporter here and um, this random Twitter account there. We actually listen to what the drivers are saying in these interviews. Listen to mm-hmm. what they're actually saying. Read in between the lines. I know Kwame is shaking his head. He doesn't understand. No, I get. Comprehend. No, I totally get. It. I totally get his idea. He, he he's seen you know Alonso come back. He's seen Hogberg come back. He's still got good uh, rapport with Red Bull. So I understand. He's gone back to his ex. And, you know, that's cool, isn't it? That's cool. You can go back to your ex. For me, I don't really rate it because 
you you have to X, and I going back for. There's other there's other fish in the sea. No, there ain't no other fish in the sea. There's only three three top seats. And he ain't getting a Ferrari or a Mercedes. Seat. That's just, that's it. And he's messed up the fourth seat already. So, and he and he has a better relationship with the fifth seat. So he ain't getting. Listen, he's literally only got one chance. He needs to go to Gap. He needs to do a Gap year still. No, there's no. He's Gap years now. Is just he doing promotions. That's his gap year. Uh, he's, he's going to be the third wheel for a year. He's going to be the side so man Anik, for a year. Yeah, we, 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 you just mentioned it, the cost cap and the breaching of the cost cap in 2021. Uh, in your eyes, does that invalidate the championship last year? If you want to step up. If you want I to know there's really so many sh- different things that invalidate <laughs> the championship. <sighs> Look, if you want to be really shameless, then yeah, you can say it invalidates it because, you know, they work with, you know, an illegal car, car that they spent over the odds with. But, does it invalidate it? No, it doesn't. I don't think it does. You can say it does. You can argue that it does. But regardless, look, they were, they were the quickest team. Um, and, and they've showed that. And you know what? Next year, we'll probably show it more than ever. Because if they don't get... If, if they do end up with this reduction in wind tunnel time, which more than likely they are, or it probably has been confirmed they will, and they still go on to win, that just goes to show that you can do whatever you want with these guys. Adrian Newey is the GOAT. And that is what kind of upset me as well at the start of the year. I was like, I should have seen this coming. This guy nails it. Nine times out of ten. I was doing it's a ground off. effect era. Yeah, you did. Hats off to you. You saw it. And I was like, they've absolutely trounced the opposition. And even if they don't get any wind tunnel time, I still think they're going to do so well next year. They're going to really, really do well. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's an, an Ill- illegitimate championship, if you want to call it that. People turn around and say Charles Leclerc has zero, zero legal wins. It's one of those. It's just it's the talking point. As you said, when you go back through history, when you I look at the stats, your stocks, that's why you got this. Sta- this exactly. is why you got this stats. <laughs> <laughs> so if, look, if we're legal and they're legal, I'm not going to call them illegal. Everyone's illegal. Let's <laughs> say Formula One, man. Everybody does some dodgy shit. That's just how it of is. Course. People of will course. invalidate last year's championship because of the cost cap breach, and then they'll invalidate this year's because of what they did last year. So and then, the, and then saying, people are saying that Max has no titles. How much people does Max need to dunk on before he's got a title? This is what I mean. But you can even go further back and say, oh, Mercedes, when they won all their championships, they were spending willy-nilly. And they won the championships winning, spending crazy amounts. So you're just never going to win. You're always going to have an asterisk or start next to everyone. Keep going and going and going. You know, it's just, it's a bit of a nightmare. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, cost caps. Max wins the title in Japan. Two-time world champion. I was told on there that he's never going to win a title by the certain cast members. He now has two. I said he's leaving this. He's leaving this. He's retiring with five. I'm on track. Mm-hmm. You are on track. It's just, it's just how it is, man. It's just being able to look at your TV screen and evaluate talent without agendas. You should be able to do that, guys. Well, that is rich. <laughs> that is rich coming from you. I know, I'll be honest. I that evaluate talent. Rich coming from you. Wow. I said, I said from middle of last year, Mick Schumacher is meaty, guys. Guess what? Yeah, got a job because I evaluate the talent. I mean, I, I did, I did, you. I did, I did say, I did say from second race last year that Danny Rick stopped. Yeah, I, I, I you did say that. that. I remember you, you saying, saying that. that. I Kule is the first person on the planet that said, "Get this guy out, of McLaren." Within two months of his job, and I wish Zach Brown did the same thing, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't. Let's actually he talk didn't. a little bit about that 
before before I know you got. Let's talk about the driver changes. Let's talk about the driver changes. Yeah. What what did you think about this whole Oscar Piastri Daniel Ricciardo situation? For people that don't know, Oscar Piastri was uh, basically poached from Alpine and taken to McLaren to replace Daniel Ricciardo, who didn't know, and they got fired. Everyone, everyone involved at Alpine should be fired. Everyone involved at Alpine in that situation, everyone at Alpine involved in that situation should be fired. Firstly, they let Alonso run them straight. Alonso took the piss out of them. Like, he's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go. After having dinner with them and saying, yeah, I'm going to stay. Like, how do you not know? How do you not have friends at, um, like, I thought these guys, I thought they used to, like, communicate, like, these teams, I thought they communicated with each other, like, you know, someone's dropped a text and say, hey, you know Alonso's coming to join us, right? Like, how do you not have a friend in Aston Martin to say, yo, Alonso's going to come, Vettel's dipping? Is that how it works? I mean, allegedly, according to Vettel on uh, Beyond the Grid, he said that he had a conversation with um, Alonso. Yeah, but but then that's like, even Alonso probably would never talk about him leaving or anything like that. Alonso don't like Vettel. So, Vettel some, like somebody him. said, I will never forget this because everybody's forgot about this. Somebody said in Imola that a driver is retiring and a driver is switching teams. This is in Imola. Like rumors in the paddock that true. one tire is. I remember that. I think I remember that. Driver is switching but that was for this season. Though. We spoke about this on the podcast. They said, "Yeah, no," but they said, "No, no." That that driver's retiring and driver switching. That was for next season. And then they said oh, there was another season, driver yeah. gonna, that was going to get dropped mid season. That didn't season, happen. Yeah. But that did happen. Yeah. Did happen. So that makes me think that uh, Aston Martin was talking to Alonso from a long time ago. I think that will communicate that he's retiring from early. I thought we knew. I feel like we knew because this guy started doing question time. This guy started chilling in Fulton out of nowhere. This guy started going on training, going on Easter card. Like, this guy was doing me. Man became, like, you know, man I saw became my a Southwestern U- trains. What, what are you doing on Southwestern trains, bro? He became a UN ambassador overnight. He's, he's lining up his next job. You know when you change it? You know when it says uh, on LinkedIn, looking for work? That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He said, I'm out of here, man. Can you I'm share this here. job posting? <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm out of here, man. Yeah, but like, uh, I, I'm still bro. surprised no one at Alpine knew about that situation. And like once, and I still, and I'm that's number one. And number two, like I'm still surprised they did not know Piastri was talking to them at McLaren. Like they nah, should I'll have, they should have, because um, they should have known Bahrain, that. Bahrain, we offered Piastri, no, Alpine offered Piastri Ray to you said McLaren. We. You said we, yes, yes, I said we. Okay, but I just know is a bag, is a baguette boy. Yeah, I know I'm shameless if you want support. I, I know it must be on the GC, but but next year I'm backing these guys in it. Oh, um, uh, yeah. What, you're still backing them next year? I guess it's gonna be chaos, man. It's gonna be fun. I'm gonna enjoy Goodness it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but they knew from early. Uh, I know what you mean because yeah, obviously Piastri, Piastri was at Bahrain in the McLaren paddock and then he was in the McLaren paddock again in Spain. They got the guy signed a preliminary contract in June, man. It was over from, from like, the job. Man. What, like. They just dropped the ball heavy. Like everyone involved Stupid. in that situation should be fired or like should have their salary decreased or something. It's helping, man. What do you expect, man? They're a joke, man. Team. You, man. Bring, you, people well, say bring back Briatori, but I'm saying don't bring him back. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't want him anywhere uh, near. The that's arguably like I don't even like Alonso, but that's arguably two generational drivers that you let go in the space of. Boy, it's fact. It's a There's a howler, man. In a week. Um, we're not gonna re- we're not gonna go through uh, Brazil and AD guys because literally just happened the other day. You know what happened? Um, <laughs> Mercedes, you know what happened. Mercedes won. Uh, Max won. We saw that. 
uh, Perez got P2 in the championship. Um, we're just going to go quickly straight. No, no, hold on. Leclerc got P2. Leclerc got P2, man. Don't say that. Leclerc got P2. I'm trying to do misinformation. Yeah. Misinformation. <laughs> All right, say the one. Leclerc got P2. Season awards. Um, I'm going to go to you first, Anik. Give us your driver of the season, please. Yeah. Max Verstappen. Without a question. Oh, he's frozen. Just when he said Max Verstappen, he, he must he's have felt sick saying that. He, he froze. froze. He, he spoke a Spoken sense. You're back. You're well, back. You're back. Am I back now? Yeah, Max Verstappen. Um, Kule, who's your driver of the season? I mean, undoubt, undoubtedly, like Max Verstappen. If I didn't want to go for the win of the championship, I'd go for Landon Norris. But yeah, Max Verstappen. Kwame. Yeah, it's gonna be for half I give it to Max. Babe, depressed to see Max. It's so depressing. I can't believe this. I mean, the guy has not got It's not the driver. Look, it's not depressing. Like, cause like you look at you look at him this season, and he's cooking, and he had zero weaknesses in qualifying. In qualifying, it was the if it wasn't P one, it was P two. Like it was a. Literally, um, like only Singapore, he had a stinker. That's it. One race. Yeah, it was so easy for him. He was he was sabotaging his own team. That's how easy it was for him. He was messing about in Brazil, not giving up position. That's how easy it was for this guy, man. Like I, 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 I've always committed to saying this. I think I reckon he would have won the race in Brazil if he was fighting for a title. Hey, look, if he did rap, yeah, he did get. Let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If Brazil went on for two more laps. At the way, at that point where it was, yeah, Max was blue, a, speed, and, he didn't, yeah. and he didn't have a damaged car. Hey, I wasn't Trust writing me. him. I wasn't writing him. I'm not writing that man off. But yeah, all right. The full house here. I'm saying Max Verstappen's driving the season. No agendas here. Nobody could say that we're uh, Mercedes bias plus plus because all four of us have said Max Verstappen. Yep, uh, you said it. Latifi, Latifi of the season, Anik. Who, who's Oof. the Latifi of the season? You can't say Latifi. <sighs> I'm gonna have to say Danny Rick. It's I've said Danny Rick. I, I, I would have said I'm, Yuki, but I'm surprised. It's, it's Danny Rick. Answer. It's Danny Rick, man. He's done. Perfect. Look at the like Norris has done really well, no doubt about it. On other end of this, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got an experienced driver there. He built the car around him in 2021. He's done pathetic this year, absolutely pathetic. And yeah, I just can't see beyond um, Danny Rick, man. You've got the same points as Vettel, Danny Rick. It cooked in Brazil. 37 points and Landon Norris got 122. Yeah, I remember Vettel missed the first two reasons, first two reasons because of COVID. Man, has COVID, you know. <laughs> this guy was a part-time activist oh, as well true. during the season. Oh, and also, that Aston Martin for the first three quarters of the season stunk. That man was P9 in the construction for the majority of the season until the Red Bull um, B spec actually kicked in and then they man just threw up the field. Yeah, yeah. Conley, uh, uh, Latif for the season, same? Um, I don't know. It's a toss up, Danny Rick and um, Pierre Gasly. Just say I Pierre know. Gasly. I know you run don't want agenda. agenda, man. I beg. It's not an agenda. I just didn't 20, see 26 Pierre year old Starboy. I didn't, I just didn't see him this season. Like, where was he? Was he on the grid? But he was collecting, he was collecting penalty points. Uh, I don't know, man. But yeah. Uh, it's a tussle. Both, both of them are Red Bull, Red Bull graduates. Pick one, too, pick man. one, pick one. Before I move to Kwame, uh, Danny Rick, man, Danny Rick just stunk. He was horrible all year round. Yeah. Kwame, yeah, Danny Rick. Thing is, yeah, like if I take agenda side, apart from Danny Rick, 
I don't think any driver really had a bad season this year. Oh, nah, nah. Okay, and a TV, but we can't include the TV for obvious reasons. Take with them two, agenda aside, I don't think anyone had an awful season. Man, Mick Schumacher's on this grid, you know. He got points, man. I need a bad that came back for the um, second half of the season. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll give it to Danny. I'm, 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 I'm going for, I'm going for um, Guan Yu Joe. Get that guy out of my sport, man. <laughs> now he's got drip, though. He's got drip. Doing this, man. He's got drip, man. No, this man. guy is not good. He's he got drip. He got, he got six points. He got six points. His teammate got 49 points. Please, Come on. That's please. shocking. That, that is shocking. shocking. I want to hear that. He got six points. Six points, my guy. Six. Six. He's in an Alfa Romeo. Why you got less points than Yuki Tsunoda in Alfa Romeo? I thought he got It looked like he got more than that. No, six Alex Albon in the worst car on the grid only got two points less than him. Bro, he just went under the radar the whole season. Like, no one. Picked up Crazy. on him. Crazy. No, I, 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 I just, me, me and Kwame have. Mm-hmm. We'll be telling you, know you I just driver. Get him out the sport. I just didn't. Know, I just. I just didn't notice him to be honest. Yeah, you just watch yeah, him. Yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> most improved driver, Anik. Um. Lando. He was good. I said he was good last year. But he's come on leaps and bounds this year as well. I have to say, Lando. Good night. Um, I'd have picked Lando, but um, considering where Albon was when he left and what he did, the bar was for him to he cooked the outdo. Worse than what the, the bar was the bar was for him to do. The bar was, you know, don't be worse than Russell in the Williams, and he, he was, was it was better than Russell, and it cooked him. It cooked Latifi differently, like. It was it was it was a bit down, so yeah. I'll oh, go. If with you that. look at that that quality gap between them. That quality gap was it? Was it? Was it like even Russell didn't have achieved that? Was it, it like eight tenths? Tenths? eight tenths on average? Yeah. So yeah, um, I'll go Albon. I don't like Albon, but I'll go with Albon. Okay, Kwame. Uh, give to Albon as well. Um, like I read the guy. I feel like he's same level as Gasly, but the issue is he never had a chance to. Um, he never had an Alpha Tauri seat to fall back on. And uh, even last year in DTM, I thought this guy was me. Guy getting cooked by Liam Lawson, who himself didn't have the best of FT season for his own standards. And I thought this guy was. Don't get me wrong. I rate Albert thought he's going to do all the season, but even he, like, what three points? Three points finishes the season. Uh, four points in that Williams. Yeah, he different gravy, and he missed he missed that Italy as well, which is um oh, yeah, with cash the, money with... for Williams as well. Cash money for Williams, so. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Who's, who's replacing um Gasly at Albon? I think it's DeFries. Oh, Nick DeVries and Sargent. Why did not bring? Why did not just bring in? Why did they not just bring in Albon back? No, no, no. No, that deal's ended now. Yeah, it's still got a Red Bull drive. It's still got a Red Bull contract, no? No, it's ended. No. And it's the finish. Oh, okay. He's yeah. done. He's done. He's done. Oh, crazy. Um, okay. I'm gonna. He's out I'm, 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 I'm saying Lando Norris. Uh, I think this is the best season. He's just yeah. doing fake shit all season, man. That podium, that podium was ridiculous. He's just yeah, doing, like, just in general, he's just doing fake stuff. That like, what the hell are you doing? Why in that are you car, with him, in that car, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be getting a podium in that car. He shouldn't be there anyway. Very, very good. Be anywhere near the top five. But um, what's it? What's the next one? Um, before you guys go, team of season. Uh, team of the season. I'm saying Red Bull. Can't fault them. Yeah, it, it, hurts, it hurts me to say this, Red Bull. Yeah, it's yeah, Red I guess Bull. Red Bull as well. It hurts me. Like every pit stop, every, pit stop pit strategy, strategy, car. They've got the best. 
They've got, best, um, they've got the best um, principal too. So, Oi. Mm. Oh, they got best team principal. They've got. I knew you tweeted it. I knew you they got that. No, 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 no. Let's let's be let's be serious. Let's be serious. Like jokes apart. Are you? Picking, I, I don't think it's. You, if you're a driver, if you're a driver, you're an mm-hmm. F1 driver. You have Toto Wolf. You have Binotto. You have um. You just Christian. think guys are worse than Christian. 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 You have Christian and you have Christian Horner. Who are you picking? Who, who, yeah, who, who are you, better than who are you driving? Who are you, 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 it's a free pack so, of mid. Who is best? Who's better than him on the grid? Who's the best? Who's yeah. the best? Saddle. I said Saddle. I'm not saying Saddle yet. I'm not saying Saddle yet. I think Red Bull was carried by. I feel like Red Bull was carried a lot by um, Nui rather than Horner. But that's not Nui's the, Nui is the king over there. He runs it. Yeah. And they've got the best. Uh, they've got the best. Yeah. All right, Anik. Last question. Driver, driver of the season. Who had the best driver of the season? Uh, I think I touched on it already. Man. I think it's it's is it a Max at Spa or Max at Hungary? One of you said Max yeah. at Hungary, right? Max at Hungary for me. Yeah, I said it already. Yeah, Max at Hungary for me. Yeah. Uh, but, but but if I want to put my Ferrari hat on, it would be Bahrain purely because of the way it kicked off the season, and it was an entertaining watch. But that's an honourable mention. But regardless, driver mention. of the season would be Hungary. Kunle, you know what? This is just because I don't want to give Red Bull too much credit. I would say Russell at Brazil. Russell at Brazil, he did yeah. cook though. He cooked, yeah, he every, cooking. It, everything I was trying to hear me. That was a bar- clean sweep. A grand slam for him. Yeah? Clean sweep. Yeah. He did, he, yeah. He did what? He did what Max did at Imola. Yeah, he, he cleared. He cleared the weekend. So yeah, Russell at Brazil. Um, Kwame, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for hips. the choice. Um, kind of boring one. Uh, I'll either go Lando at Imola or I'll go Nick De Vries at uh, Monza. They didn't do much, but they did better than Nick De Vries. Yeah, ah, damn, Daniel. Imola. They didn't do much. Got the P10. It's Alex in against him, but he did better. You said you were going different, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, hipster choice in it. Every hipster in it. I am going uh, with Hamilton in Spain because that was just fake. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. He was. He had. He had to do a pit stop. He was a lap down. No safety cars. And he no finished. Safety car no safety cars at all. No safety cars. And he finished. And he finished P four. He nearly finished P three if his engine didn't start clipping at the end. That's true. That was so sad. That was so sad. He was P three until the engine. P three and then engine was P four. No, it was P four and then he was it P four and then he ended up P five. Yeah, that's insane. He was last by. He was last and then lapped down from last place. Mad. He cooked. He was no safety cars. That was a good. He was driving like a maniac. That was a good. So, you know what? Hamza's had an underrated season this year, Loki. For the car he's had, he put him in the position. I, I, I said this earlier. Hamilton, sometimes, sometimes Hamilton's best Hamilton's season standard. is when he's got mid cars. It's Hamilton's standard. Oh right? nine's because I'm with that. Oh nine was he was cooking crazy. Was he testing that point? Control. By the way, was he testing in Spain? He was yeah. testing a good car. Well, that car's up. That was a good ass car. <laughs> to the point where if you didn't have that crash, you would have won that race. Yeah. You won that race, you know. But yeah, um, thank you for everybody uh, listening. Thank you for rocking with us all season. Um, we're going to have one more pod before we close up for the season next week. So uh, please check us out. Um, please like and subscribe. Please follow us on Pit Stop Track on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.